Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Friday. Big Friday coming up. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will, will, is always in the Sunbury Motors studio and will be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there with the diagnostics, with the routine, with the inspections, with it all. And a sales staff that is there for you and not just there for the sale. And it's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show, of course, brought to you by... Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time to stock up for the weekend. Looks a, maybe a little bit iffy. Of course, Milton Beer Fest is tomorrow. Those listening locally in the Valley, got to be ready for that. But you still have lots going on this weekend in the sports world to get ready for. And you need to stock up. Imports, domestics, micro brews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. And of course, now it's a perfect time to get those six great flavors of slushies to cool off a little bit. It's going to be right around 80 on Sunday. going to be like the low to mid 70s tomorrow. So you'll want to have some nice ice-cold slushies from Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Big, big show filled with former Nittany Lions to close out the week today. Former quarterback Christian Hackenberg at 335 today. And former women's basketball star at Penn State, one of the all-time greats in Nittany Lions history, Kelly Mazanti is going to join us at 4.06. If you were listening yesterday, she got elected into the Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame. And, of course, she is now the associate head coach for Bucknell women's basketball. She just got elevated to that position earlier this week by head coach Trevor Woodruff. So it's been a good week for Kelly Bazzani. And, of course, the former Montoursville star as well, for those that listen locally here in Central PA. So... Well, she'll be joining us at 4.06 as well. And then the King is back with us today for headlines for the week. But first, I got to pull out 
this on Tony Larusa yesterday for that just <laughs> idiotic. It really just is mind-boggling, almost speechless decision he makes yesterday to walk to intentionally walk Trey Turner on a one-two pitch. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. What makes him even look even dumber in this light is when he's asked in his post-game press conference about this, the question before was asked about leaving a starting pitcher in there. When he, and he tries to act like his arrogant self and says, well, he just struck out Mookie Betts, so I, I would think he's going to get the strikeout. Of course, that didn't work out. And then he goes and does this? You walk a guy with two strikes? A one-two count? I, I just have to laugh now at how stupid analytics is and how stupid we're getting, Steve, with analytics in baseball. And this is a guy that is a get-off-my-lawn type of arrogant guy in Tony La Russa. I argue, and this won't happen, but I argue we should have his Hall of Fame credentials revoked. Because <laughs> of the intentional walk? Yes. I mean that that is that is just a, a bastardization of baseball right there, of the game. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here, people? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I I have to laugh now. I, we're at that point. It's pretty sad for the game. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were going to say Garrett Cole's stupid, but that's. Well, he, he he was atrocious last night, and that was borderline unacceptable. Actually, that was unacceptable. But that's a different topic. What do you get a million dollars for last night's start? What's so unacceptable about that? He's lucky. He, he better be buying his lineup all steaks. <laughs> After that Still one. Still one? Still one? Yeah, because of the lineup picked him up. <laughs> After his hideous performance. Do you enjoy calling the world stupid? Yeah. <laughs> when warranted, yeah. You take it. You take joy out of that. <laughs> if you put yourself in that spot, it's your own fault. <laughs> All right. Once again, I'm just giving you my honest opinion. Uh, I really don't know what he did. All I saw was he gave an intentional walk with two strikes, and I I don't even know the situation. I didn't read anything really about it. It was a one-two count, and he had two outs, and there was a runner at first, I believe, was the exact situation, with his team down 7-5 to to the Dodgers. Okay. And what was the reasoning behind it? Because he liked Trey. Trey Turner was hitting better, had a better hitting percentage in a one or two strike count than the guy that was behind him uh Max Muncy that just came off the that just came off the DL he was off for a, he missed 11 games so his numbers weren't weren't that great against a two strike pitching earth to tony he was out for 11 games so those numbers are going to be skewed a little bit <laughs> that's another that's the other part that makes him look really really stupid He's trying to use analytics, and he's not even using them correctly. And, oh, by the way, 
the average MLB bat, the MLB batting average overall league wide with two strikes is pretty low. Oh, you missed that one too, Tony. You okay? You don't seem happy. <laughs> I'm not even a White Sox fan. I can care less about the White Sox. It's just when I see stupid, that's what that's when I have to say something. Uh, okay. Uh, who knows? I mean, the the White Sox are defending it, but I mean, I look. I. It's one thing the White Sox do. Um, is they allow extra outs to the opposition. That's one of the things they do. And see, to me, by walking someone intentionally with a 1-2 count, it's almost like you've given them an additional out to work with. Now, that's me. Right? That, that's, that's just my opinion as to... I, I think... One thing Tony La Russa does is that, for the most part, uh, analytics aside, I think he, he manages a really good game, usually by the feel of it. That's one of those cases where you ask about what kind of feel he had for the situation. Because normally he's been one of the best in terms of the feel for the game. And anybody, look, you have to remember, too, that I've spent many years announcing games for teams that are in the Cardinals organization. And the people that are in the Cardinals organization will, I mean, I'm talking up and down without exception, swear by Tony La Russa. And, and keep in mind that La Russa, first time through, took a White Sox team to the playoffs. La Russa was able to win a World Series with Oakland. Russo was able to, you know, obviously win with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so he's always been terrific everywhere he's gone. Um, and it was an odd decision, no question. LaRusso said, quote, made a decision, didn't work, bad decision. If it worked, good decision. That's been true for years. <laughs> you do get that way after a while where you've managed thousands of games, literally, and you just kind of sit back and go, you know what? How many great decisions have I made in my lifetime? All right? How many bad decisions have I made in my lifetime? That's what, you know, and that's what it comes down to. You have to make thousands of decisions. Now, we spend a lot of time in the, the, the show analyzing the uh, decisions people make and don't make. And I always go back to something I've always tried to keep in mind when I do my job. And why I'm a little more, maybe I'm a little more conservative and how I approach items. I approach, I have a more conservative approach on how I approach 
uh, criticism for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm around it exponentially more than all of you. That's just a fact. In other words, what do I do after every show from August 1st until January 1st? After almost every show, I'm off to a football practice, something that you, a fan, can't see. Um, most of the media can't see, and when they do, they're there for 10 minutes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm privileged. I get to go and see everything, good, bad, discipline, no discipline, whatever. I, You know, you do get to see it. Same thing with basketball. What do I do after every show during the basketball season? I'm over in the Jordan Center. And you see every good play, every bad play, every good decision, every bad decision, every teaching moment, things like that. You see all of that. So you end up taking a far more conservative Approach when you're around it every day and understand why and why not things are happening. I think that's fair to say, right? So I'm not usually doing, you know, when I'm talking especially about the teams I broadcast for, I'm not doing it from 30,000 feet. And then the other one is the great speech that was made by Theodore Roosevelt. And he made the speech on October 23rd, 1910. And it's about the man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I've always found that to be to really fit what I, how I viewed sports. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you have criticism of a certain area, but I've never been a highly critical analyst. I've been criticized for not being highly critical. I don't care. Uh, I know where I stand. I know why I stand, and for the most part, not always. Not always, but for the most part, I usually have more information to work with. Not always, but for the most part, I have more information to work with than most people. That's why you've never heard me on a broadcast say, Jack, he's stupid. Well, then the fact that you're Mr. 45 heart rate... Yeah, but the, but that, that that's born out of you know what they're trying to do, why they're trying to do it, okay? And you see them, for example, you'll see in practice, and I've talked about this a few times that you can 
if you run a play, so let's take a football example. If you run a play and one guy can't run it, you really can't run it. Joe talked about this all the time. Bill's talked about it. James has talked about it. I mean, it can kind of foul up the whole thing. Basketball, if you have one guy out there that can't run the play, you can't run the play. You know how many times I've seen plays in practice stop? Like, hey, guys, you're in the wrong spot. And if they consistently do it in practice, you can't use the play in the game. And I mean, it, and it's simple stuff like that. Where how many times I've seen practices stop saying, "Hey guys, hey reload," or a TJ, hey, look, you got to be over here. You know, Mike is stopping practice. You have to be here. You've got to set the screen at this angle. Right? And they'll stop and physically show people. Or James, or, you know, whether it was Brent before that or Manny, hey, come on, reload. I mean, that's, you know, one of you guys did it wrong. Or two of you did it wrong, even worse. And you see that all the time. And you say to yourself, ah, man, they can't use that defense. They can't use that offense, even though, the, even though conceptually it's outstanding. But you can have the greatest concept in the world. They can't run it. In the end, I've said this a thousand times, it's all about execution. And when it comes to me, a lot of people have been in favor of it. I don't know what that means. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Yeah, I will admit, though, uh, an intentional walk on a 1-2 count. I don't think I've ever seen that in my lifetime. I don't really know what to say about it. It's um, yeah, I mean, because you know, with two strikes, almost everybody's batting average goes way down. Taking your calls at eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Is there anything else you want to complain about before we get going and during the hour? <laughs> no, just Tony, arrogant Tony LaRussa and Garrett home run Coltrane is about all I had today. You can't live your life consumed by hate. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 
a great husband, great father, great co-host. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. I just don't deal well with stupid. That's all. Yeah, but you go to the staff meetings. All right. So, uh, what? Oh my almighty! <laughs> Are the jokes that easy? All right. Today's show is uh, brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. You know, plenty of wine coolers, lots of water, tons and tons of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And that pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury. It's a big weekend, by the way, so, you know, stock up now. Uh, And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com Big hour coming up. That final 90 minutes. Christian Hackenberg in a moment. Kelly Mazzani, the king. Quite a lineup. Matt's excited. Oh, yeah. Said to me yesterday, he says, how stupid are you to get all these guys? Thank God. <laughs> I said, well, what are you talking about? I said, what are you talking about? Stupid. Just stupid. Then I explained to him again who was on the show, and he was like, oh, wait, I take that back. All right, so So let's turn our attention to uh, Christian Hackenberg, former Nittany Lion quarterback, uh, now coaching, uh, doing some coaching on the high school level. Christian, it was great to see you last week. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today. I'm doing good. Uh, likewise, um, always good to get back on campus and catch up with, with folks like yourself. So um, I'm doing well, though. All right. So part of doing well is that you've you've transitioned in, into doing some coaching along the way, and you've done some work with, with Bill Belton. How did that happen? So um, my wife, who played the crossover at Penn State, uh, Tatum, she's a Jersey girl, so being up in North Jersey for a little bit um, when it came time for us to think about trying to uh, set up a home base she won that battle <laughs> and uh, we ended up settling down in South Jersey uh, close to her family so um, Bill reached out to me he's like are you living in South Jersey and I was like yeah man and ended up just connecting and talking a little bit and he's like where at and you know I was 25 minutes from his alma mater uh, Winslow Township um, so he was coaching there, and he's like, dude, come help me. So um, ended up working out, and we did it. And last year was my first year, and it was uh, it was good for me because I always kind of had a had a idea that I wanted to get back in, in and around the game in that capacity. And the high school level was something that I definitely wanted to at least start with just because um, – it's pure, man. You get to really influence some kids and, and, and bring your experiences and knowledge to guys who um, really want to learn. And um, they're rarely uh, moldable at that age, if that makes sense. So uh, teaching them how to play the right way and, and um, 
giving them just the experiences that I had and where I could have done better and things of that nature. It's just, it's super rewarding. And we got a great group of kids and working with Bill obviously makes it a lot easier um, due to our prior relationships. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and looking forward to this year. So point number one, this will not be the last time you will not win the battle of <laughs> with your wife as to what, what you're going to do. So we'll start with that. And I know Tatum, so it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. exactly okay. Uh, so now you know it's interesting in what I do, and obviously I've done this for a long time. But uh, I tell everybody that I had a mentor, and there's a lot of elements that today. You know, and his name, by the way, was Gil Santos. He did the Patriots for 40 years, but he did Penn State for four, and I was the third guy, and I felt like I was sitting there like a sponge absorbing how he did his job. And there's still phrases I turn today, and there's ways I teach my class today that he helped teach me. So who influenced you as a teacher as to how to teach the game? I've been very fortunate. I mean, I grew up on the sidelines. My grandfather, my dad's dad, was a high school coach for 30-plus years up in northeastern PA, um, which if you're familiar with high school football, uh, back in the day, you know, you had Berwick, Mount Carmel. There was was some really good football being played up there, and he was right in the thick of that. Um, Head coach at Jim Thorpe and um, North Schuylkill. Um, So... Between him and my dad, my dad coached when I when I was younger uh, back at his alma mater, Marion Catholic High School. Um, so I grew up on the sidelines. So I, I got to see successful programs at a young age, um, and I was just always around elements of people. My mom was a teacher. Both my grandparents were teachers. So um, I was always around the element of how to how to impact people and how to get a message across and, and motivate them to to get to that net net result that you're looking for. So I think that definitely having that at a young age played a big role in it, but then all the coaches that I've been around and credit to my parents, you know, not just with myself, but all my brothers, um, youth sports all the way through high school, you know, they, they made it a point to put us around the best people that they could. And they had both played sports collegiately and, um, you know, had a good idea what good was. So, you know, was just down this weekend right after the coaches vs. cancer tournament my high school coach got inducted into our hall Hall of fame at fork union so just people like that and the relationships you build you know you pick things up as a player and then you know being able to reflect on that now those points stick with you um to your point that you just made about your mentor um those points stick with you and whether you realize it or not it makes an influence and it it drives the way that you do things and operate. So I've just been really fortunate since I was young. Are there actual pieces of advice that you give that you sit back later and said, yeah, that's what I was told verbatim by and whomever it might be. Do you find yourself sometimes repeating <laughs> some of those things? Yeah, sometimes I have uh, I have my the one the one who is who like I said I think just because of the age and again a part of the reason why I coach high school football is my high school coach uh, Mickey Sullivan yeah um, he just coached coached at Fork Union for forty plus years um, you know coached some really good football players Eddie George Chris Perry so um, he's he was a unique way of doing it but he's you know uh, he's a character and definitely see Mickey coming through me every once in a while. I look back and I'm like, dang, dude, sounds just like Coach Sullivan. Um, but he, uh, he, had a, he had a great way of impacting kids, and he did it for, for years. And it was, you know, just a 
just his Hall of Fame induction, the the, the generations of guys that were back there, like it, it showed, and everyone had Mickeyisms as we call them. Um, and uh, yeah, you definitely catch that throughout the process, without a doubt. You also, when you played here, you had to be tough, both physically and mentally, Christian. You had to be tough. It was you know the really the roughest time I've seen around here. You know, because mm-hmm. of the limited scholarships and everything that Bill dealt with, what James dealt with, what did that do to toughen you up mentally, uh, not just on the football side, which you can relate to young people now, but also in life? Well, I mean, that's the funny thing is, is to me, sports are the greatest teacher of life. It, when you look at it, at its core, the elements, relationships, trustworthiness, um, dependability all these things that that make you successful in any any avenue that you choose um as a father as a brother as a son um you know you name it they cross over so yeah i think i think a lot of those experiences now and then having been out of it for a while and being able to reflect on it and i think some people go two different ways right it's it's you know the woe is me and you know the the hardships kind of don't come out positive on the other end and you have a lot of guys who who take those hardships internalize them and then you know like i said really want to help others not not have to go through those things and you have to harden them because at the end of the day it's inevitable but um you know help them navigate those waters a little bit better and everyone does that and that's i think that's just part of growth and passing along the experiences and if you if you if you can do that man you should i think there's there's a lot of guys who don't who don't share that information and um or maybe hesitant to but you never know who you're going to impact exactly uh in in your coaching style which is still in its infancy you're going to go into another season coming up Mm -hmm. sports sports is supposed to be fun now we all know winning's fun. Winning's yeah. a lot of fun. But what do you do uh, that you picked up along the way that during the course of a week, maybe during the course of a couple of weeks, where you make it fun for your players? What have you come up with just that so that you can bring out the enjoyment of the game with them? Well, I think now you know the, the landscape's changed so much, especially in high school sports. There's so much pressure on these kids to to be results oriented they're whether it's chasing a scholarship or or whatever but getting them to embrace and love the process um has been something that i've really focused on and and portraying it in a way of a guy who has been there done that and has made mistakes and has also done it correctly in some ways um and it's funny because bill and i are kind of opposites like bill's fiery and you laugh because of how quiet he was but he's a very fiery like in your face type of personality whereas i'm much more similar to how i how i was and i think you can attest to this on the field and off the field at times you know when i speak it's because something needs to be said but i try to be the the steady rock on the uh, on the ship agreed yep um that's kind of how i take that and then like i said just just being able to find creative ways to to connect with the kids um, and it helps. Like obviously, having played, having played where I played, and had the experiences that I've experienced, you know that that just helps. You know, face value when the kids get introduced. So like, oh wow, so the credibility's there. But then it's about really developing those those relationships and figuring out what what makes each of those kids tick. Um, and to your point, there's a lot of ways to do it, but I, I try to make the high school game as fun as it can because, like I said, it's 
media pressure and and, and pressure of 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 uh, of expectations and things of that nature, I think should stay out of high school sports. I think they should play three sports, as many sports as they can, as long as they can. Um, and I just try to impress that on these kids and just say, listen, man, this is the most fun you're going to have playing football because it's pure. It's with your buddies you grew up with. Um, you're representing your town. Like there's there's something about high school football, and that's that's what really drew me to that. How important is that balance for the team that Bill is the way he is and you are the way you are? It took a little while for for us to figure it out, but I think it, I think it's big because you know obviously Bill having played at Winslow and having the high school career he had, you know he's he's sort of a, an urban legend around here, yeah. um, <laughs> and the kids see that. And then, I, you know, me as an outsider coming in, but also, you know, they know that Bill trusts me, and, and there's just a really good synergy behind it. Um, we're wired very much the same way when it comes to our approach offensively. Um, and then me working with the quarterbacks, you know, I always just try to impress on him, like, hey, you know, this is the guy that's going to make this whole thing go. So you're, at times he can start focusing on, you know, the running backs and certain things that, that are very important. But at the end of the day, the guy that's going to make the make the whole engine run is the guy pulling the trigger and making the decision. So um, I just try to try to get that. But it works really well. And we both respect the hell out of each other, uh, been through a lot together. So this is just fun now for us. And it's 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 been really cool just seeing the growth over the year. Um, excited to see what happens in the future. Obviously, a lot of natural gifts, your arm, set up, how you throw it, the whole deal. But I also thought that in the three years you were here, I always liked what I saw from you pre-snap. Can you impart pre-snap to high school quarterbacks? You know, it's and that's that's that kind of goes back to like seeing what you're working with, right? You know, yeah. you have some kids who can pick those things up, and you don't necessarily want to set a kid up for failure, right? If they can handle that stuff, by all means, like get them in the boardroom, start talking about defenses, start talking about fronts, start talking about why things work, and if they they can pick that up, like I want to feed it to them. But then there's also that fine line of like, at the end of the day, you don't want to overwhelm somebody to the point where they turn into this just head case robot that's trying to implement all these things. It's got to come natural. It's got to right. be sublime, right? Like you, you, you have to, it just has to be something that comes to you. And some kids do it, some kids don't. And it sometimes takes longer than others to be able to, to pick those things up. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we tried and whatever they could handle, we, we went with. Um, and that's the nice part about having, you know, those experiences like you're saying. I didn't come in with my ability from a pre-snap standpoint. I was just fortunate enough to be able to pick it up, and, and Coach O'Brien trusted me enough. So, yeah. you know, there was a natural evolution there. So I've seen all ends of that spectrum, and I've kind of been in their shoes learning that stuff. Yeah. And uh, it takes takes some time. It takes reps. you got to see it. So, you know, we just try as much as we can to put them in situations to have those experiences and, and let them grow from there. You're enjoying this, and you're going to come back for a second year with Bill Belton working on that staff. And I and I, I spent a lot of time with Bill when he was up here in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go further with this? Do you maybe want to get maybe to be a head coach in high school? Maybe be a college coach at some point? Do you, yeah, have you thought about yeah. that yet? You know, that's it's funny. I very easy to get, you know start thinking about those those big picture 5,000 foot view things but you know for me right now I I, again kind of like what I try with the kids is I just I'm trying to get very process oriented and trying to figure out all the other things that are going on so it's definitely something that's in the back of my mind 
and you know I've taken I've taken a liking to this and just getting some experience and starting to see how other guys do things outside of the experiences I had at, in, at the college and the pro level and, and just kind of formulating in my brain, you know, how I would do it, you know, how things would go. But right now, like my focus, again, I've told Bill this over and over again, like I want to see him succeed. He's gone, he's gone all in on this. So that's kind of my focus is helping him <laughs> and the kids. And then, you know, I'm from, from my career in this, in this path and that standpoint, you know, I, want to work with the right people so i'm not going to jump yeah. in it just to jump in it you know what i mean always a privilege to spend any time with you thanks so much for doing that with us today appreciate it, it was also really great to see you last week yes sir we'll make sure we do it more often i appreciate you having me on looking forward to uh looking forward to talking again soon thanks christian i see christian hackenberg kelly Mazzani in the next half hour a lot of Matt complaints in the final half hour. Did I, did I encapsulate the show correctly? Basically because they'll more or less be referenced when we do headlines with the King. So, yes. You already have your headlines worked out? I do, yes. Is the word stupid being used in any of them? Most likely, but we'll find out. <laughs> Most likely. So, again, Christian Ackenberg, thank you. Kelly Mazzani coming up. Appreciate her. And the King. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. On News Radio 1070, WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Can you explain the, uh, the thought process on the intentional walk with um... with uh, to Turner? Turner. And one, two. So let me ask you a question. Is there is there some question about whether that was a good move or not? At, I guess at one, two is the question. At the counter. You know what he hits against left-hand pitching? With one, oh, one or two strikes? You know what he hits? Well, you know what Muncie hits with two strikes? with Against left-hand pitcher? I mean, is that really a question? Because it was one and two? Turner was a, a strike left against a left-hander is not something you can avoid if you can. And we had an open base, and Muncy happened to be the guy behind him, and that's a better matchup. Here again, somebody disagrees, that's, that's the beauty of this game. Welcome to it. But that, that wasn't a tough call. No good! No good! No Then my question would be, then why not do it when he first walked into the box? <laughs> if it's not a tough call, why didn't you just walk him before he threw the first pitch? Why did you have him waste three pitches? Thank you. <laughs> it was just like watching somebody keep falling down the stairs. I mean, that, I mean that'd be my only... I mean, that's what I would have said to him. I said... I wouldn't even said one, two. I said... Then why did you bother throwing three pitches to him if you if the common says was to walk him? I mean, that's a fair question. 
All right. Kelly Mazzani, next half hour, brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.